You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I'm your host, Kyra, and I hope you all are doing well out there and that you all enjoyed your Easter. I know I watched the Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, versus battle with the Isley Brothers. That was a phenomenal battle, and the funny part is no one even knew that Ronald Isley was even there initially because he was disguised in a fur coat and had a gray beard looking like a zaddy that night. (laughs) Anyways, uh, Steve Harvey hosted the event. And I know some people weren't too pleased about that. And I know he did make the show a lot about him initially. However, I think he did a good job hosting the event overall. And everyone looked and sounded great. And these two two groups are absolutely legendary. So it was definitely nice to see them actually perform. But on another note, I definitely want to sell my well wishes and prayers to DMX and his family. Um, A few days ago, DMX OD'd and suffered a heart attack and is now in a coma and is said to be in a vegetative state and on life support. Um, He is said to be undergoing a brain function test to determine what's best for his situation. Um, It's very sad um, to hear about this as DMX has long battled drug addiction. For those of you who don't really know about that, um, DMX is not only a great artist, but a phenomenal prayer warrior, might I add. Um, He also includes a prayer on each of his albums, which I initially had no idea about, um, where he actually talks to God. That's something you don't really see most artists doing, especially nowadays. And I really hope that he can ultimately pull through this. It's just a really, really, really sad situation to hear about. So prayers up to DMX and his family. I really hope that he can push through and pull through with this situation. So on today's episode, I want to talk about how these rappers in the game are making money. Now, I was watching an episode with Method Man on the Math Hoffa's Expert Opinion podcast, and he touched on an important topic. He brought up how these rappers, how when he first started in the rap game, it took a lot to make money. And as a rap artist, you know, he was still using the money that he would make to take care of his family. And he still wasn't able to ride around in private jets and be flashy. Like in all these young artists nowadays, you know, are doing that. He was questioning how these new rappers were able to, you know, pay $30,000 for private planes all the time without going broke. So, I mean, you see rappers like Takashi 69 you see rappers like Little Pump, Little Nas X, and Luzi... Uh, Lil Uzi Vert being super flashy and displaying all their wealth on social media. But how is Lil Uzi even able to be flashy like that when he's only worth $16 million, but yet he's sporting a 10 carat uh, $24 million diamond in his forehead when he's only worth $16 million and he's only getting $60,000 a show. So this is a topic I've been curious about. And today I wanted to discuss how these rappers are able to make uh, money now. But first, I want you to check out um, the interview that the Math Hoffa show did with uh, Method Man. So check this out. Billions. Billions. And that that was that point I was making about how now it went from these guys being who they were to when we came in now, these fucking rock stars. I remember um, getting 2500 a show. And all I need had dropped. 
and I'm doing shows every fucking day, seven days a week. I had to tell the manager, raise the price. Mm-hmm. So 5000 I'm still getting shows every week. Mm-hmm. Raise the fucking price. Right. Next thing I know, it gets to a point where a nigga getting 25 grand a fucking show and forgetting because I love what I'm doing so much. Like, you look at your bank account one day, and it's like, wait a minute, where the fuck all this shit come from and shit? Right. And now we're in the era now where these kids... They got more money than, I mean, son, I'll I, I be looking at the, you know, I, I couldn't imagine. What? You know, I got, I even got a car. <laughs> My kids got cars, wife got a car. I even got a car. Like, these niggas got four, nah, five cars. I see your wife's car. Look, that, that, yeah. shit, that, that shit is nice. I, I like that shit. That yeah. shit is nice, yeah, that, that you know, but it, it, it's in her grade. That's you know the what car I wanted, and you was like, yeah, this is just my wife's car. You know, but shit is nice, but I don't even have a car, man. Yeah, I don't even have a fucking car. <laughs> but this glamour, I mean, I, I still ain't taking private jets. I think I earned that by now and shit. Where are they getting this money? I, I want to know. <laughs> like, they got a deal or some shit. It private can't, jets? It can't be. No, they, it's no fucking way. That they fly in private, all it, like that money long, long as fuck. Because we talking at least minimum is thirty grand. Fat right. Joe, he that's said that's a waste trip. of money. Right. Big <laughs> pun too. I forgot. Big pun. Where are they getting this money from? Can somebody tell me? What? Mm-hmm. I want to know where they getting this money from. I need that hustle. I mean, I, I, not even for the private I'm not, jet. I'm not I just hearing want, people buying them. I'm hearing they, you know, they just renting them. And I didn't say them. they buying them. I'm, right. They they paying to fly the private jet, right. but I'm saying they doing it all the time. It's like, nigga, I used to complain having to save half my fucking um, when I worked at the statue, half my check for coffee, dollar mm. seventy five. We talking thirty, at least thirty to fifty grand a trip. You flying? Where are they getting this fucking money from? Well, that and still paying mortgage. Aren't their shows a lot more? Like they'll get. Some yeah. They still doing this shit during Corona. I know Migos probably get a hundred grand a piece or some shit yeah, like that. You know what I'm saying? But you, but I think there's more streams of revenue. Mm-hmm. Streams get money, actual money. Right. Yeah, streams, streams itself. Then there's club appearances. Then, then there's, there's, there's the features that they do under the table. They never really get pushed, but they get big bags for them. There's, there's, there's a whole bunch of ways that they and make like, impress. And then there's, tra- then there's trafficking. No, there's trafficking with the rich. private jet. You know? yeah. No, no, no. Like, some of these, some of these niggas itself. is rich. They did that. They did that. Rich, Rick Ross's thing. He earned that, though. I can see where Rick got that money from. You right. can see it. But some of these niggas, where is this shit coming from? You can't see it. Like, you don't see it. Right. It's like nobody really listened to your music like that and shit. Where did you get this fucking money? <laughs> right. I, I just want to know. It's bad. It boggles my motherfucking mind, man. Because every penny that I got, yeah. I know where it came from. Right. I know it. Like, I know exactly what the process was to go through to get that and shit like yeah. that. And I still don't live like no motherfucking Rockefeller. Not saying I can't, right. but I still don't. It's like, when? Where do you get these resources from? Yeah, my you ever thought about starting a label? No, never. No, I don't like to work like that. I don't. I don't. And then artists being when I was one, they they had to be cause like having kids, man. You know how much bullshit me and Redman got into? Like once or twice, labels having to show up to the fucking precinct, bail niggas out and shit like that. Like yeah. bullshit. And I'm and I just I don't. I'm responsible for a lot of people already, and shit, right? So I, I couldn't even I have the energy to do it. I feel you. Now I would definitely say that Method Man posed a really good point. 
um, when he was discussing this topic in that a lot of these rappers nowadays are able to live lavishly. But why is it that when he got into the game, he wasn't able to do the same thing? Not Even there's a lot of wealthy people out there that don't take private jets every day because they know how expensive that is and it, it, it adds up. So if you don't even have certain people who are just swimming in cash, who are just completely wealthy and able to afford a private jet at their own leisure, then how is it that these rappers are? A lot of times, you know, these rappers are leasing a lot of these items. You know, a lot of it is also within their contracts. But, you know, I'm sure all of you have heard about recoupable cost. So sometimes even if you see an actual rap artist uh, flying on a private plane, uh, staying in a mansion, living in a mansion, you know, rolling around in a Bentley. A lot of times that's in their contract. And ultimately, if they don't deliver a good album, then that Bentley gets repossessed. Um, That house gets repossessed. You know, I mean, it's something that they were renting. They're not owning, essentially. But if they don't deliver when it comes to the album, then they have to give that that cost back they have to somehow find a way to make up for the cost of that and then it all ultimately boils down to um what kind of contractual agreement they have so you know like he was saying back then with him they didn't have you know they weren't getting a bunch of money for shows you know he was doing shows for a while you know mind you that method man was in the wu-tang clan you know which is a legendary group And he still was only getting, you know, kibbles and bits when it came to getting money for his shows. And he had to raise the price to $25,000. He's like, what are you doing? I'm out here doing all these shows. People know me. People recognize me. Why am I only getting, you know, $5,000, $10,000 a show? Raise the price. But yet you see these new artists who are coming out of the woodworks and they're getting, you know, $60K a show, $100,000 a show. So, So why is that? And like I said, it really ultimately boils down to what their contract entails. And really, rap in itself is an illusion. It's a facade. So sometimes, you know, a rapper can portray themselves to live in a certain way, like I said, that they actually don't. And a lot of the cost is recoupable. But let's break down, you know, a little bit about why that is. Now, on episode 12, I broke down the difference in signing to a major label versus an independent and how... um, much artists receive in their contracts. So if you're signed to a major label and you keep less you keep less of your money. If you're independent, you keep a majority share of your profits. That's largely because independent artists, you're funding most of your career, whereas artists signed to major labels get a smaller percentage of profits since the labels are putting the money up for video budgets, travel expenses, uh, producers, if you don't have one, touring, distribution deals, marketing, etc. And like I said before, that word, it's all recoupable money. And ultimately, all that money has to be paid back to all parties that are involved before the artist actually receives a check. So I want you to check out T- uh, Left Eye from TLC, break down um, how major artists and contracts actually work. Now, you know, TLC was one of the highest selling girl groups of all time. And even with them being the highest selling, they were $10 million in the hole. They were saying that they were completely broke. So she breaks down how they were able to sell 10 million albums and still be broke. So check this out. This is how a group can sell 10 million records and be broke. And everyone, get ready to do your math. When we first started out, we were kind of cocky. Okay. 
There are 100 points on the album. TLC had seven. Every point is equal to eight cents. All right? Seven times eight, 56 cents. But as time went on, we learned a lot. That means every time an album gets sold, TLC gets 56 cents. So 10 million records, $5.6 million. Seems like a lot of money. Well, it's not a lot of money when the record company has spent $3 million to record your album. And in the record business, we pay all costs back to the record company. We pay recording costs, video costs. So now we have $2.6 million left. Well, guess what? When you have that much money, you're in about the 47, 48.49% tax bracket. So that immediately gets deducted to $1.3 million. Then you split the rest three ways. You got about $300,000 a piece. Is that much? Okay? $300,000. I can buy a nice house with that. And what am I going to pay my bills with? Now, you just heard that. So let's get a little bit into the breakdown of how a lot of these contracts work and what these contracts oftentimes um, entails in them. Because like I said, you know, the artist gets a certain percentage of it and they only get the small percentage of it, especially when, you know, there's other people, other parties involved. Like I said, producers, you know, travel expensive, so on and so forth. And it's no different when it comes to the uh, singing world and the rap world. It's all the same. Everybody signs. uh, If you're signed to a major label, all artists sign 360 deals. That is the standard in all contracts. So. Number one, album sales. Now, we all know records aren't really selling like they once were. However, this is one factor into how artists make money. But much of it goes to distribution, uh, labels, the manufacturers, writers, if, uh, if the actual rapper has maybe a ghostwriter, because you know sometimes that all these rappers actually write their lyrics, uh, producers, and many, many more. So even if an album is selling for $15 a pop, a bulk of it goes to paying all of the costs first before the artist actually pockets the money. And then only the artist receives a small fraction depending on, like I said, the contract that the artist actually signs. Now you hear this oftentimes about a lot of artists complaining about signing bunk deals. Now, if an artist signs a bunk deal, um, it's either maybe they were a little too eager to sign on the dotted line and they didn't read you know, beforehand, but most of the times you're supposed to have a lawyer involved before you actually sign the contracts. But I also do know that a lot of times the record labels will try to trip the artists up and actually tell them, well, if you let a lawyer see this, then we're going to have to dead this deal. So they don't even sometimes allow a lawyer into the actual, um, signing of the contract, which is really shady. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is the music business. And a lot of times these artists are so eager to sign these contracts because they just want the money. You know, they just want to get the fame and the fortune and live the lavish life, but don't realize that they're spending their, they have to spend most of their lives, you know, touring and stuff like that because they're not really getting money like they think that they are supposed to. So they don't really handle the business side of these, the business side of their contracts before they sign on the dotted line. They're just so focused on 
you know, actually signing. So that also gets me into concerts. Now, J. Cole said it himself in his song titled 1985 on his KOD album, where he spit the line, I got some good advice, never quit touring. That's the way we eat here in this rap game. Now, I'm not a rapper or anything. So yes, I know that line sound real bunk, but it's okay. Y'all understood the concept of it. And that's all that matters. So concerts is a big way for artists to make money. And, uh, It's also a lot of good money, especially if they're a major artist. So, for example, let's say a major artist is selling 10,000 tickets at $70 a pop and you have and you're doing 50 show. You're doing a 50 show tour. Now, some artists tour twice a year. Usually most artists, um, if they're doing a big world tour, they're only going to tour uh, once out of the year because you're just going to so many places at once and there's so much that you have to do to actually prepare for these shows that it can be very overwhelming and exhausting. Now, if you're a major artist, you might even be selling more more tickets than that. So you would be making about 700000 in a single show and $35 million for the whole tour. But not all that money goes directly to the artist. Um, there are other costs such as designs, uh, set designs, paying for the arena, travel expenses, equipment costs, uh, merchandise. And of course, depending on your contract and the percentage you agree to get from your label is all dependent on how much money you're going to take home in the end. Now, independent artists are a little different. Now, independent artists can make less, especially if they don't have a huge fan base. Usually their venues are a little bit more smaller the most major artists, but they acquire the same costs as as most major artists for touring. Um, Let's just say they charge $30 a show and sell 100 tickets. That's $3,000 a show. And let's say they do 25 shows. So that's $75,000. Artists get, most of these independent artists get their money from meet and greets as well. You know, VIP packages and, you know, selling merchandise. But of course, like I said, Labels got their hands in everything. So when you sign that 360 deal, they get they get money when it comes to, you know, merchandising, uh, whether you're doing movies, um, sponsorships, a lot of things. They have their hand in everything. But it's important to, like I said, read this, read before you sign on the dotted line. That's where people get tripped up in this business. Um the, also, the artist also gets money from publishing royalties. Uh, their masters is extremely important for rappers, singers, all artists to own, which a lot of times most rec- record labels own your masters. And you've heard a lot about, you know, artists fighting for them. I know that was a situation with Michael Jackson and Prince where they were fighting for a lot of their publishing and their masters. Um they also get live performance royalties, uh, licensing and placement placements for things such as them being in video games, um, being on TV shows, movies, etc. So all of this can range from uh, ten to 50 percent in uh, when they're signing their contracts, and this all depends on the contract. Like I said, now owning your masters is very important. And when you don't own your masters, you'll be working a very long time to make your money. 
especially as a rap artist, because, you know, like I said, rap artists have the facade of being super flashy and overspending. So a lot of these artists, especially the young ones nowadays, you know, they get caught up in trying to portray this facade of living this life that they really don't own or have, you know, and a lot of it is being given to them by the record label. You know, it's an image that they have to uphold. So if they have this image of themselves being larger than life and having all this money, then ultimately the record label makes a lot of money all off of that because people who are watching on social media are seeing all this. So they're interested in knowing, oh, okay, well, their song is decent, but who is this guy? They're making, they're showing all this money. They're being super flashy, like Takashi 69 you know, going to places and just handing out hundreds and thousands and thousands of dollars to little kids on the street. So people are like, okay, I'm going to support this guy. Well, let's see what he's really about. Well, we all know that Takashi 69 is a huge troll. And at the end of the day, his contract is probably the standard, like most typical rap artist contracts. And that this money is being given to him to portray, like I said, the facade of him being larger than life. Now, in Method Man's case... Even when he came onto the scene, um, I believe back in the 80s that he started off with Wu-Tang Clan, you know, it was about being larger than life there too. The facade, the illusion um, of being super flashy and having all this money. However, the contracts were a little different back then. Now, artists still weren't really getting, you know, a good bulk of their money. And a lot of these labels own these artists. And so that's part of the reason why, you know, Met the Man brought up a really good point of how is it that artists now are making 60000 a show when I'm doing, you know, countless numbers of shows and people know who I am, but I'm still not making any money. Well, it's all about the facade and the illusion. And of course, you know, with social media, people have more access to these people. You know, a lot of these rappers are getting known because of social media and Instagram uploading, you know, songs and stuff like that and people being able to find them, you know, but it is different times. So that's another route that a lot of these artists are going. But at the end of the day, it's all about making sure that you handle the business side of, you know, these contracts of being in the industry, because like I said, a lot of these artists are coming on the scene and they have no idea how the music business works. No one shows them the ropes. No one gives them the skill set. You know, you have people around you who are greedy and are going to do things that's within their benefit. So I got want you guys to check out uh, Rapper Future Breakdown, why owning your masters is so important. Um, and he discussed this on the Dirty Boy show. So I want you guys to check this out. When you talk about like um, showing artists their business and, you know, who has to sign off on what, that's language I don't think a lot of them understand. Is that something you had to go through? And is that something that you went through? I know with like the whole Rocco situation, because I think a lot of people don't understand what happened. It just hears like, oh, there's a problem with paperwork and you guys kind of fell out. Yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a thing where you just want to be more involved in your career. Some artists don't want to be involved in their career right. that way. Be involved in the business of going to all the meetings and understanding how they recruit stuff and understanding about their masters and understanding who you pay back or how to get paid. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They just know they're doing their show money. Right. And they get show money, they get publishing checks. Don't other don't understand the YouTube checks. Don't understand the SoundCloud checks. Don't understand other checks you could be getting that's not just show money or 
whatever the case may be, if somebody sample your records 20 years from now, you want to be able to get paid from that. Right. How you going to collect that money when you're not the one that can sign off on that? Somebody else going to be getting paid off of that. Right. But if you don't know that, then you're just oblivious to the fact that you can be financially stable for the rest of your life. Mm. You just set yourself up to be stable. You just you set yourself up where you're going to have to do shows all your life. Right. You set yourself up where you're going to have to drop albums all your life. Or you're not going to be getting paid. If you don't drop an album, you're not going to get paid. But when you set your stuff up, when you got residuals coming in, no matter what, it's because of the way your deal was structured. Mm. You got to structure your deal where you get residuals no matter what. Like, your residuals going to keep coming in. Like, you can stop this year, but you're going to be getting paid from shit from three years ago. Right, right. The rest of your life, right. Because you set it up right, but you're going to be getting 100% off of it, not a percentage off of your money mm. that you got to pay 100% back. Mm. These cats getting 100% of money, you might get a deal for $3 million and you got to pay taxes on $3 million, but you walked away with $1.8, right. $1.5. But you got to pay $3 million, so you got to think about that $1.5 that you're spending. You're really supposed to be paying that for taxes. Now right. you balled out. Now you got to get another check to make up for the last check. Mm. It's like, you so you know, taxes you, on a new check. Now you're working check to check. Yeah, the check's big, but you're right. working for $1 million to $1 million checks or $5 million, $5 million check because you get a $5 million check, half of it go to taxes. You spent a half a million, a million on jury. You ain't got nothing left. You had to give your manager something, but your manager didn't tell you. You got to pay money on the five million. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, at, at what point did you like that? You did you just like focus on the business? I know you know when you first started. You know what I'm saying? And when you first started as an artist, you hype. You know what I'm saying? At what point did you say, you know what, future need to get all future business together? And honest, honest. after Pluto, I was, it was all fun and games. Right, honest came. It was like now I need to know what I'm recouping, how much I need to pay back. Who I need to pay back and who I owe some money because I want to be able to, like I said, I want to have residuals. I want to be able to be 100% control over my career. I don't want to work all these nights in the studio and somebody else get to say so for how I move, when I move, or right. when I drop. So what finally clicked in your head to be like, you know what, I need to figure this out? Did somebody talk to you? Because I know for a fact a lot of record labels will not give you that game. Will not Nobody going to give you that you game. Up. That's why I want to give my artists. That's what I'm going to give my artists that no other label can give you. Mm-hmm. No one around give them in that game because how are they going to make money? Right. When I put myself in a position where I can tour, I don't, I don't have a touring deal, but I put myself where I got a business deal with my with the tour. When we 50-50, we got to buy deals, certain deals that you can put in place. Right. Where when, I, when you fill up these stands and you sell out, and sell out, you get a bonus. Mm. But that sell out, you might get a bonus, but your bonus ain't going to you. Mm. Your bonus been going to somebody else that whole time. When that bonus could have bought a house, that you ain't have to go in your show money to buy the house. Mm, wow. So you start moving that money around and start maneuvering like, man, that, that bonus money could be them cars. That bonus money could be them the jury that you don't even have to, your show money could be all money you stack up. But now the kid, the, it's more a cat spending the show money and they not worried about that sellout, what you making off this, what you making off just VIP sales or what you making off, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm getting 100% of everything and then I break it down to who I want to break it down to. I don't want nobody to give me what they want out of my money. Right. So streaming. So streaming um, is another way to make money for rappers and all artists who are within the music industry. However, what people don't realize is that artists make in the amount of cents, literally like five, 10 cents per stream, which is nothing. And you also have to consider now that with this whole streaming thing, a majority of it actually goes to the platforms where the music is getting streamed off of. So for example, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Dreezer, YouTube, um, all of these places are getting a major cut of that money. 
And the record labels started a couple of years ago where they started cutting deals because people were just not really buying records anymore. And instead of spending $15 on a record, you know, people decided, well, it's just simpler for me to download this one song off of Apple. So because of this, the record labels kind of started an agreement with the streaming platforms where in exchange for them allowing them to have these songs without getting into any legal, you know, issues with these streaming platforms, because that was another really big problem. People started to, you know, download um, music from places like Live LimeWire and Apple. And it was illegal at the time because most of these streaming platforms didn't own the rights. So with it just being so big, with streaming just being so big and popular amongst people, you know, I guess it was kind of like a case with the record labels where if you can't beat them, join them. So that's what happened in the situation where uh, streaming platforms started to cut uh, deals with these uh, record labels where the record labels would get a cut. The streaming platform would get a cut. However, the artists get the smallest cut. And like I said, if you're con- whatever it says in your contract, the percentage that you're supposed to get from this, you know, most of the time the artist is going to get a very small fraction of it. And you also have to consider if you're someone who's not writing your music, you're really going to get a very small portion of it. So, you know, like I said, in certain cases, you know, most artists, most rappers are supposed to write their lyrics. But we all know that there's definitely ghostwriters out there that do write some of these rappers lyrics. Now monetization, social media, YouTube, sponsorships, you know, I'm already talking about social media. We live in an era where rappers are able to use social media as a means to leverage income as well. You know, you see a lot of these rappers on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, you know, the list goes on. And in most cases with monetize with monetizing Uh, Artists get paid by views and impressions from ads. And it usually amounts to, like I said, in the case of streaming, it amounts to cents. And what people also don't realize is that the record labels actually control YouTube now. They've got it on the platform where they've cut deals with them, where they're able to, you know, put artists music up there and actually brand a lot of these artists, too. And they do that by negotiating with these platforms like YouTube and they decide the rates. And then the music industry has their hands, like I said, in YouTube. So they get a cut from that, from all the monetizing that these artists do on YouTube. So like, let's, for example, say uh, little Uzi decides that he doesn't want to be a part of Universal. I don't think Uzi's even signed to Universal, but let's just say hypothetically he's signed to Universal and they put him up on YouTube and they've created this brand for him. You know, they've got the channel all set up and he decides he doesn't want to be signed to them anymore. Well, the record company still owns him. They still own all of the videos that he produced while he was actually signed to Universal Records. So that's something to keep in mind is that a lot of times, even if you decide that you want to leave, whatever material that you produce while you were actually on, you know, that record label, they still own a big fraction of that. So that's something for a lot of people to actually keep in mind when it comes to these rap artists as well. So these are the ways in which these rappers are making money in today's game. Overall, like I said, the labels have their hand in a majority share of everything the rapper gets. You know, the, the record industry is all about 
getting majority of the profit, especially if you're signed to a major record label, because they're essentially the machine that's backing you up financially. So they have to recoup all of that money back before you get your share of it. However, with the advantage of social media, rappers have more leverage and reaching more people. And in doing that, they're able to create more of a, a fantasy land. Like I said earlier in the discussion, you know, you have rappers like Little Uzi who are only worth $16 million, but yet they're saying that they bought a 10 carat um, $24 million diamond that they planted on their forehead and they're displaying it, talking about how rich and wealthy they are. And he's got all these cars and all of this stuff, but he He's not worth as much as he's just, you know, worth as much as he actually is. So a lot of that also is trolling. You have to keep in mind, it's all about going viral nowadays. It's all about keeping your name out there in the headlines. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like Method Man said, these guys are getting on private jets. How are they spending all this money? I know that they're getting a little bit more money nowadays for shows than they used to. You know, however, a lot of it also is just the record labels creating this image for what they want the rappers to actually be. Now, we'll get into this discussion um, some other time on another episode where we talk about industry plants and how a lot of these rap artists are coming out of the woodworks, but yet they have all this money and you never even had heard their songs on the radio before. So how is it like, for example, Takashi 6 9 you know, this guy is displaying all of his wealth, but we all know Takashi 69 is a huge troll and he trolls a lot and he's always going on social media and trolling people and instigating fights. So, you know, how is it that Takashi 69, you never heard a song from him prior to him blowing up. And even when he did blow up, I can honestly say I've never even heard a song on a radio from Takashi 69 besides his, you know, song Trolls with Nicki Minaj. That was the only song I've ever heard from Takashi 69. So you have to use your judgment in this situation to be able to de- to decipher and understand that it's a facade, it's an illusion. These rappers a lot of times you know, that, that private jet, like I said, that they're hopping on, that's 30,000. That's something that's in their contract that they have to pay back to the record labels. So it's just not something that they're able to do without it being recouped from their, from their record label ultimately. So that's how these rappers are making money. So, you know, you got chicks like the cash me outside girl, who's never even wanted to be a rapper before, but yet she's, She's out there. She's allegedly making all this money. You know, she's getting a million dollars from her OnlyFans. And, you know, I mean, it's a lot that's going on in this industry right now, especially with the rap game. But you have to realize that every couple of years when it comes to the music industry, it's all about an agenda. And the agenda right now is portraying a facade, a larger-than-life facade, that these artists are actually a little bit more successful than what they are. Now, you do have to remember that, like I said earlier in the show, touring is very important. That is the majority of how a lot of these artists are eating right now. So if you're not selling out shows and you're not doing well when it comes to being on the road, then ultimately you're not really going to be making any money because like I said, you only get at the amount of cents when it comes to streaming. Um, and album sales is almost like a thing of the past. It used to be a time where an artist, a rap artist could sell $2 million 
two million albums and be making a lot of money. But nowadays, if you sell 70,000, you know, that's a, that's a big deal nowadays in the music industry, which is very sad. But that has to do largely because of this whole streaming. People don't feel like they have to buy albums anymore in order to listen to an artist's music. They can just go on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher to listen to their favorite artists. So that's something to keep in mind. But I want to thank you all for joining me for another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra. And if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you can do so once again at I am Kyra Mahoney. You can follow me on Twitter. If you like any Vibe Selection merchandise, you can get that at www.teespring.com slash Vibe Selection. Um, if you like to donate to Patreon, you can do so at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection. Cash at me at vibe selection. And thank you all so much for your support along the way in supporting the Vibe Selection podcast. Once again, I am your host, Kyra, and tune in again for next week's episode of Vibe Selection. You guys stay safe, stay healthy out there. Bye. Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.